Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Welcome back to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Mark McKay. Mark, how are you doing, man? Well, I'm trying to come up with some, like, research for this episode. Well, I am. Well, I'm trying to record a podcast. Well, I am. (laughs) And you're trying to listen to this podcast. Well, you are. They're trying. They're trying. They're trying. If you guys have made it this far, you guys have really been trying, and we really appreciate you. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 23 of Boy Meets World, the episode called Home. It came out on May 19th, 1995. It got 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb with 163 votes. Mark, why break the streak? I love this episode. I absolutely love this episode, too. This We are in a pre-N64 era of like the height of the 90s, and we're closing out Season 2 with... Probably, I would say this one is maybe a better season finale than last season. It, I would say it's definitely a, a lot more of an impactful way to end mm-hmm. the season. And you know what? I'll agree with that, too. I'll agree with your point there as well. Due to the fact that this episode will lead us into season three and set the ground for what the next season's going to be. Without further ado, let's just talk about it. The episode starts off in Corey and Eric's room. Eric is trying to study and Corey is just banging on the bathroom door because Sean has been living with them. And Corey says, come on, Sean, you've been here for two weeks. You've been in the bathroom for a week and a half. And Sean comes out and he is shaving. (laughs) How old were you when you started shaving? Like 20. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to admit, man, I when when we first like reconnected with superheroes, the kids in Ohio and you're doing uh, Iron Man. Yeah, I had no idea how you shaved a goatee so fast. <laughs> yeah, because like I didn't get like right up in your face or anything. Like we just kind of talked, but like we talked from like a few feet apart. And then you're like, "Oh no, it's just fake. It's eyeliner." Like I shave every yeah day or whatever. I'm like, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, because uh, when I was a kid, I-, I think this is why I, I used to. Um... We would light fireworks off like in different like fancy ways, like trying to outdo each other. So I decided to light a bottle rocket out of the side of my my mouth and i just kind of like singed my like face so when i do grow facial hair i just grow like a goatee so and i can't grow like sideburns so i just look like my own evil twin so i I would just shave every day and then when i did do iron man i would just take eyeliner and then draw like each and every single like little hair yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I didn't get it from any kind of like firework accident or anything like that. But the goatee grows in first, and then occasionally I get hair like on the side of my face, but not very much. Yeah, it's like that episode of Star Trek Mirror Mirror with the evil Spock, and it's just yes. Spock with the goatee. <laughs> That's what I look like. <laughs> well, in this episode here, you're not quite sure who the evil one is. It's this episode actually takes place in a lot of gray area. So Mm -hmm. Eric's story the whole time is that he's worried about the SATs and he's losing his mind. And this scene is where, you know, we did the opening of the show. Well, I am. Eric is mad at Sean for using his lucky towel. Towely. Uh, (laughs) Towely. Everything to Eric now is 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 lucky to him. So and we're going to find that (laughs) out 
Uh, and Corey is trying to break the tension. He's trying to keep the peace. And uh, the next scene we cut to right away, uh, Dad's coming down the steps, and Morgan's eating ice cream for breakfast. Morgan, <laughs> Morgan told Dad that Sean eats ice cream for breakfast all the time. And as you can tell, Mom and Dad are really starting to have their... Uh, Sean has kind of not overstayed his welcome, but they're ready for Chet to come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how they send Morgan out. They're just like, here's a book. Go watch TV. And, yeah. you know, he sends her away. <laughs> and you know what's kind of fucked up about this scene where he gives her a dollar and shoes her away? This is the last time we actually see this iteration of Morgan. Oh, this is the last we see of a couple people on this episode. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to them, but uh, yeah, th- this. So we, I'm just gonna like kind of jump ahead a little bit, but whenever we say bye to a character, they're always like in a different like exit. I kind of noticed. So yeah. this being the first one, he gives her a dollar and sends her away. So this is goodbye to Lily Nixay as Morgan. We will eventually see Lily come back in the final episode of Girl Meets World. I don't know if we're going to do an episode on that one. We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But after Morgan gets rushed out of the room, Mom and Dad are talking. They're not mad at Sean. They're more so mad at Chet uh, for just dumping Sean and giving no kind of explanation to where he is or, or what's going on. And then Sean comes on the steps and he yells, you know, sorry, Eric, for breathing your lucky air. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and Sean goes in the fridge, grabs the carton of milk, and just drinks right from the carton, and Mom marks it with an S. And then they <laughs> reopen the fridge, and everything in there is marked with an S. <laughs> and during this time, Mom also bought Sean new clothes, which just goes to show that Mrs. Matthews is a very good mom. And I don't mm. just mean like a TV mom. She's a good mom. So They've taken Sean in at almost just a moment's notice with no plan to really do so. She notices that he only has a couple of outfits and she went out and she bought him clothes. Um, And she also did the motherly thing of patching up the pants with all the holes in them. (laughs) (laughs) Did your mom ever patch up your like cool ripped jeans or anything? I never really had ripped jeans. Like if I had a rip in my T-shirt, she would sew it. Um, And then eventually I took whatever the equivalent of home economics is in sixth grade. And I learned how Mm -hmm. to sew there. Um, And I'll just show you with one of my dog toys here. Uh, Whenever they rip a hole into it, I will do the sew job for something like this. As long as it's not like any type of important clothes, get down Ember. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so she would, she would sew the holes in my t-shirts, but I I never really had jeans with rips in them. Okay. So in in seventh grade, I had these like kind of. Do you remember Jinko jeans? I love Jinko jeans. Okay, so I had a knockoff pair of Jinko jeans that I loved. Uh, like my mom had to have gotten them at like J.C. Penney's or something. So anyway, in seventh grade, I was skateboarding with you know a couple of my friends, and I fell and I like landed on my knees, and then it just ripped open like maybe like a half dollar size hole on each side of the knee. And then as I wore more and more, like the hole would get bigger and bigger. The hole would just get frayed and it looked pretty sweet. And then I got bonus points by saying I did this from skateboarding. And like it, it just made me feel cool, even though I was a big dork in the seventh grade. So then one day my mom found my jeans uh, and then she decided to put a patch on them. 
but she didn't put a patch on the inside so you can still have the fray hanging out. Yeah. What she did was she put it on the outside. <laughs> so do you know like 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 college professors how they had that big rectangle yeah like elbow pad that's what it looked like on my knee and like <laughs> they were just kind of like faded like jeans almost and then i had this big ugly navy blue like knee pad on each of my legs and like i just felt like such a dork that like and, and then i just stopped wearing them because of that i i would stop wearing them too um <laughs> But here, Mrs. Matthews gives Sean a yellow hoodie, and then Corey comes down the steps with the same exact hoodie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got the same sweatshirt. (laughs) We cut to the next scene. They're at school. Miss Tompkins is saying hi to Mr. Turner. He has a brown bag. He gives it to her and says, you left something at my place. Uh, And inside was her butt plug. Uh, No, we actually don't. (laughs) We don't know, kids. Uh, (laughs) But Mr. Turner felt uncomfortable with her leaving stuff at, at his apartment. Mr. Feeney sees the brown bag, assumes at lunch, says, Jonathan, I thought we were uh, getting lunch today. He says, no, this isn't lunch. And he goes, well, what is it? And then Feeney <laughs> catch, <laughs> catches on and uh, he's like, I believe a change of topic is in session. Uh, <laughs> and Miss Tompkins leaves. Uh, Corey then sees Sean. Uh, the sleeves are ripped off of the sweatshirt that <laughs> his mom just got him. And Sean just said, oh, don't worry. She'll patch it up and put an S on it. Uh, (laughs) sean's having a hard time it's making it pretty clear uh turner offers to help um mr feeney kind of over here and makes sure mr turner knows like you are his teacher first and you need to remember that and turner goes what about you with the matthews boys and then that's when immediately right when he says that feeney yells eric locker and eric ducks down missing a locker (laughs) and then he gives like the thumbs up and then continues (laughs) walking Good comic timing on everyone. Yeah. There. You better watch out. You better not cry. There's a terrorist attack. It can only be saved by one guy and a St. Bernard. Dan Brown and Heyman save Christmas. That's right. Dan Brown, my co-host of Mark and Dan Meets World, has his full comic book series out and available right now. A real Scrooge of a terrorist blows up Santa's toy shop, putting Christmas in jeopardy. It's on a recently fired comedian and his trusty four-legged best friend to make sure Christmas is saved for all the boys and girls across the world. Dan Brown and Heyman, save Christmas. You can go to danbrowncomedy.com for more information. That's danbrowncomedy.com. Anyway, so now we're back home at the Matthews house, and Jason is over there helping Eric uh, with his SATs. Eric's taking a practice test. Jason is grading it. Eric gets some unbelievably low score. Two T's in Matthews. Two T's. Well, yeah, he was like, you get 600 points just for writing your name. And he points it out to him that he misspelled the name Matthews. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jason tells him he needs to uh, relax, take a break, go get some sleep. And then that's when Eric goes, no, no, I just need uh, I need air. And he looks outside. There's plenty of air out there. And they step outside and he goes, ah, air, H2O. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Feeney talks to Eric. He tells him that there's there's three secrets. Meanwhile, Jason left, you know, which is yeah, point that so, so this is like also the farewell of Jason. This is the last time we see him because where he's just like where Eric says, oh, H2O. He, Jason kind of points out the fact that he fucked up. And he goes, I'm just going to go home. And then he just walks away. Yes. And then Jason disappears. We never see Jason again. No, we don't. 
But Mr. Feeney talks to Eric. He lets him know about the three. He lets him know that there's three secrets in order to passing the SATs. Eric wants to know. Mr. Feeney says it's going to cost him. Eric thinks he's talking about money. And Mr. Feeney says, no, you can do some landscape for him. For me, the three secrets are obviously don't eat after midnight, don't get them wet, and whatever you do. (laughs) Well, I also think it's kind of funny that Mr. Feeney, who is just loves his azaleas and is so proud of his his own work, is willing to trust Eric with his own landscaping. I always thought he made him just do the grunt work, like cut the weeds and like lay down manure, and then just have Feeney kind of do the you know the cosmetic stuff. He probably did. We really don't get to see too much of what Eric did. But the next scene, the dogs are barking at night. It's in Corey and Eric's room, and Sean's just looking out the window. It's nighttime. You know, Sean's, uh, Sean's seen this dog barking before, so is, is Corey. And Sean thinks that the dog has freedom, but Corey thinks that the dog needs a home. Um, so Sean decides to climb out a window and just be his own free man. Meanwhile, leaving Corey to have to lie in determine uh have to lie for him and say where he went the next day we cut to mr turner's apartment he's there with miss tompkins mr turner tells miss tompkins hey i could stare in your eyes forever and she means that one does that mean you want to marry me and miss tompkins puts it out there she's like i want to know if you see me if, you know if this is something you you love me marriage do you see yourself having children with me do you feel safe we've been dating for four months where is this going and mr turner essentially cannot say it back to her mm-hmm so this is really the last that we see of Miss Tompkins too. Yeah, yeah. Because well, in when uh, to jump ahead, maybe like thirty seconds, when Eric comes in, she goes. When um, Sean comes in. Yeah, when Sean comes in, she goes up to uh, Mr. Turner. She says he he says good night to her, and she says good luck, and yeah. then she kisses him on the cheek, and then walks out. Not only out of the scene. Not only of the series, but of Mr. Turner's life. And I think that was a like she was meant to kind of just leave Mr. Turner right there because she gave him his heart or she gave him her heart where she's like, I love you. I can imagine myself having kids with you, us getting married, yada, yada, yada. She like just put herself out there. She goes, I need you to do the same. Like you could tell, like she does want to get married. She does want to have kids. She does want to grow older with them. But she goes, I just need you to take this commitment. I just need you to take this step to say you care for me as much as I care for you. And then Mr. Turner just couldn't do it. So then that's where Kat just kind of, okay, well, we're done here. And then she just leaves. And I think this was like a turning point for Mr. Turner. And it was a turning point. There's one part we skipped over just a little bit. So Mr. Turner's not able to say all that stuff back to her. And there's a knock at the door, just horrible timing. Mm-hmm. Turner opens up the door and there's Sean. And then he tells Sean like, Hey, this is not a good time. And Sean goes, I know he goes, and this is a real cop. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, that cop was played by ivory ocean. Um, he was the mayor from the mask. Um, Oh shit. That's where I knew him from. Yeah, yeah. So during this time, he actually had a, a pretty big role, and he's just doing a, a uh, just a cameo spot here, essentially, just yeah. an extra work spot. I kind of wish they would have gotten uh, Reginald Bell Johnson, who played I was Carl, just thinking Carl that Winslow. Too. How great would that have been? They were both ABC shows. They were both running at the same time. Like he didn't have to play Carl uh, Winslow because it would have been. been a, 
He could have played Winslow Carlos or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Carlson. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or just something where he just popped up. But I can see like where it would have just taken away from the emotion of the scene because everybody would have went, yeah, Carl yeah. Winslow. Uh, but <laughs> right that would have been a, but then again this is boy meets world where nobody gets a fucking applause break ever yeah if uh, <laughs> i would have just treated him as nobody even though he'd be dressed up as the cop and as the mustache they got a, a discount carl winslow for him yeah. <laughs> but sean's there and the, the officer brought him there because sean said he was staying with turner and the cop caught him outside the school with spray paint to where sean said he uh, i was going to Sell us the, the bad kids and upcharge them. That that would teach them. <laughs> and then the cop, you know, leaves them with Mr. Turner there and he says, Good night, Mrs. Turner. And that's when we see uh Miss Tompkins get the uh we, we see that look in Miss Tompkins' face, like it's over. That's never going to I'm never going to be Mrs. Turner. Um Yeah. And this actually I, I know that, like it's such an emotional scene right here, but uh, this also reminds me of our uh, ad of the week. Attention, bad kids listening to Mark and Dan Meets World. Do you like committing crimes? Like going to get sushi and not paying? Staying out past 9 a.m.? Well, I got the perfect place for you. It's Sean Hunter's spray paint pop-up shop at John Adams High parking lot. We got all your bad kids spray paint needs, like blue, black, red, and sartreuse. All overpriced and ready to go at Sean Hunter's pop-up shop at John Adams High parking lot. Get there and get sprayed. Uh, how much is it to get sprayed? Uh, it's like ten dollars. It's, I'm, I would imagine it's like guar, but it's just spray paint. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mrs. Uh, anyway, Miss Tompkins leaves. Turner tells Sean to stay. Miss uh, Sh- Tompkins leaves. Uh, Sean's about to leave, but Turner tells him to stay and. Uh, Turner yells at Sean and Sean says, I don't have to take it here. You know, I'm not in school. And Turner then lectures him. Um, Sean kind of feels bad about ruining the night with Miss Tompkins. And that's when Turner goes, nah, you know, I've already ruined it myself. And they start talking about, they they start talking to each other like they're friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and they're talking about girls and Sean's offering advice to <laughs> Mr. Turner. He goes, you know, what can you, t- you know, Turner's like, what can you teach me? And Sean goes, well, what do you need to know? And he goes, well, how come you don't act this way in school? And he goes, ah, you know, math's not my best subject. And Turner goes, well, I teach English. And then Sean goes, well, why are you teaching math? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> such a great line. Uh, <laughs> the next scene, the parents call down the boys for breakfast. Um, Corey only comes, is the only one that comes down and you know, they're asking about Sean and Corey is making up some kind of lie. And then that's when the parents let him know, hey, we know that Sean left last night, which this is not the first time Sean yeah. has either come into the house or left the house with them yeah. knowing about it. Yeah, they did it last week. <laughs> yeah, well, they did it last week. And then they also did it the first season when Sean blew up the mailbox. Yeah, he just 
Like, like they should know by now that, oh, yeah, Sean just kind of comes and goes, yeah. especially <laughs> when we think he's supposed to be here. Attention, Mark and Dan Meets World listeners. The suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio are about to meet their match when three best friends have come across hardships on trying to make their dream movie. Follow Craig, Jamie, and motherfucker Dave as they beg, borrow, and steal their way to achieve legendary status. Only a Mark McKay's indie comedy hit, Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. Starring Sean Manos, Mary Lee Osborne, Matthew Phillips, Josh Miller, Haley Madison, and a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. I have one question for you. Are you ready to be a Suburban Legend? Available now on storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's Gimmick Table. That's storeenvy, S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y.com slash M-A-R-K-M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S Gimmick Table. Well, Mr. Turner brings Sean back, and Mom and Dad send the, the boys upstairs. Uh, Eric comes in, and he's filthy from helping Feeney. Um, Dad's not enjoying that too much, but, you know, the phone rings, and it's Chet. They... He starts talking on the answering machine. They pick it up and they're like, Chet, you've been gone for three weeks. You know, where are you? And Chet says, well, I'm either leaving Ohio or entering Georgia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the wife traded it. Uh, Sean's mom traded in their motor home. Um, he won't be coming back. Um, and then so- they point out like, this is not fair for Sean or for them quite frankly either and sean's been listening on the steps the whole time and sean runs away so do you think when uh chet said he found the motorhome and she actually traded it in for a maserati or whatever car it was do you think he actually found the motorhome i would say he found the motorhome but he was afraid to come home because in a later season um spoiler when chet's on his deathbed he just comes out and says that he was not good enough for Sean and Mm -hmm. he didn't realize that his only true job was to stay with Sean. Mm -hmm. I would say that he didn't find the motorhome, that it was just a lie to kind of tell the Matthews and Mr. Turner saying like, Hey, I I'm, I'm getting close. Trust me. I'm getting close. Uh, just give me a few more days. I found the motorhome. I'm just need to find her. I'm 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 just this close. I I think he was just lying because I still think he was kind of out doing his own thing. Because when the waitress comes up and hands him the bill, he goes, "Oh, sorry, thought I left it on the table." And then he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I got caught in my lie." I think this was just another lie that he was just throwing out there just to try to like please the Matthews to like, "Hey, watch my boy for a couple more days." I can get that. I can understand that. And I never really thought about it in that sense before. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see where, where you came to that thought yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't we'll never really know. But, yeah. yeah. I did, never really thought about that till I watched it uh, before we watched it. Because I always thought like, oh, yeah, he, he did find it and found the car. But like I started thinking about it more and more because we kind of opened up uh, like our thoughts on chat last week. So it just kind of made me more like, oh, maybe he is just really scummy. And with him being so scummy now that when he returns seasons later, he has more of a redemption arc 
for me, you know, like where he's just lies, he's just lies, 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 trying to skim away, do what he can, uh, beg, borrow, steal, get by. And then he finally realizes, like, no, I want to be there for Sean. Mm -hmm. The next scene we see that Sean locked the door to the bedroom so mom and dad can't get in there. But Mr. Turner realized, like, okay, they're going upstairs. I'm going to go outside by the tree uh, and by the treehouse. So when Sean jumps down from the window, Turner's already there waiting for him. And fall down a blowhole, did you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then Turner says, I've been there before. Someone reaches out. They say they care about you. It's easy to run. So he he's referencing what happened with Miss Tompkins uh, and Mm -hmm. probably other things that have happened in his life as well. And I'm going to say other things that happened to his life as well that we'll see in in, uh, the next season. Mm hmm. Uh, he, Mr. Turner offers Sean a place to stay. He says, you know, I have a window that you can crawl out of. However, I'm on the, like the 17th floor and Sean's like, well, I like a challenge. And Turner's like, so do I. And then Corey falls out of a tree. And I, I love this scene. Um, I, I love this scene for, for this moment right here because Corey didn't need to follow Sean, but he did. And it just mm-hmm. ties in that their friendship is that, okay, Corey is always going to be by Sean's side, and he's always going to be there for him, kind of like a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that he's always – it kind of shows the fact that he always has his back, that yeah. he's always you know, behind him. And then the final scene, Eric is just doing work at Mr. Feeney. He asks about the three secrets. Uh, Mr. Feeney tells him, sleep clear your mind and he's like can you guess what the third secret is and eric goes you're satan uh, <laughs> <laughs> and feeney tells him you need to trust yourself and eric goes to leave and mr feeney says oh no you're not done with the job and eric goes oh no i've gotten the secrets now and then right as he turns his back feeney goes oh did i say three uh, <laughs> making eric realize like okay i gotta learn more from feeney yeah so I love the the button of the season and of the episode, really, because he gives us the three secrets to SAT success, which it kind of ties up Eric's storyline. But I really think this episode doesn't really have anything to do with Corey, Sean or Eric. I think this is a Mr. Turner episode. I think he's he's the one that had the biggest arc in this entire episode because Sean was just looking for a place that he felt comfortable with. So like he could have just easily moved there. He had really no arc. He was just like, Mr. Turner is willing to take my bullshit. Uh, But with Mr. Feeney, and this ties into the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week where he says, get a good night's sleep, clear your mind and trust yourself. And this is why I think it's a Mr. Turner episode because throughout this entire episode, like we first meet Mr. Turner like there's three major scenes with Mr. Turner. He's trying to give the the butt plug back to Cat. He's like, <laughs> "Here, take it. I, I don't want this. I, like, I'll, I'll be more freaked out if me. I'm wearing." Yeah, he's like, "That's <laughs> too small." He's like, "He's like, I'll be more freaked out if I'm wearing it." And then he's just like trying to get rid of it. Like he's trying to like hide the fact that him and Cat are together. Is what I picked up. So he's feeling lost and stuck, and then later on, Cat uh, kind of reins him in while they're together, and the, like in his apartment. And she says, "Like you need a commitment in your life." And then 
she leaves and then he's now feeling like distraught he lashes out on her and um so since cat essentially walks out of his life he takes in sean and then he has a good night's sleep right then because you know he kind of has that like bro thing with sean so they have a good night's sleep not together hopefully yeah (laughs) and then he takes him back to the matthews and then as uh Chet is on the phone. We mostly see Alan and Amy talking to Chet, and then Turner is like silent for the most part. So then he's just trying to like clear his mind of like, all right, uh, Sean, where's Sean's headspace? What should I do? He, you know, he's just kind of clearing his mind, and then Sean runs away, and then that's when he knows like Sean's gonna jump out of the window. So then he goes outside, and then so he trusts himself. Now, as Sean comes down, and then he not only does Mr. Turner grow in this moment, but he learns to be selfless and he makes a commitment to open his door to Sean and accept Sean into his apartment. So, with get a good night's sleep, clear your mind, and trust yourself, I think not only did Eric do this to learn how to do the SATs, but Mr. Turner learned this the hard way in having this arc of accepting sean into it because look at where mr turner was at the beginning of the season he was like the cool teacher he was like hey i'm gonna show you how to uh he's like we're gonna read x-men and tie it into whatever fucking book we're reading but now he's like i'm more than that's what he said yeah (laughs) (laughs) whatever fucking book we're reading (laughs) and then now he's just like uh i'm sean's buddy this is a commitment i have so in this year he had he loved he lost he felt heartache and now he's kind of grown as a person so i think this is mr turner meets world here in this episode yeah this was a this was a mr turner meets the world episode just showing you that you can meet the world at any point in your life imdb gave this episode 8.3 out of 10 i said that earlier mark i'm rounding this up to a 9 good old solid 9 i'm going to give it a 9.5 Nine um, Yeah, just because I saw a lot of stuff in here. And I don't know for sure if the Mr. Turner as a focus was a something the writers did or something that I saw. I'm kind of known to overlook things when we watch stuff. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's just because I'm around Mr. Turner's age and I'm just kind of seeing him as like in the forefront. And do you know what the Disney Plus description of the week is? Tell me. Sean has to find a new place to call home. Which I give that a, a pretty decent description. Yeah, I can kind of get there. I, I'm not going to shit on him too much this week for it. Yeah, it's and possible. Ho- and hopefully you guys don't shit on us too much because next week, because next week before we jump into the third season, we're going to be doing a special wrap up of the season two, kind of like we did for season one here. So send in your questions if you haven't done so already. Mark and I are going to be answering some questions that we've been getting all all season from you guys. We're going to be talking about our favorite parts of the of the show for this past season and what we look forward to for the next season. But that's next week. For this week, I want to thank you guys one more time for listening. Subscribe wherever you're listening to, whether it's Spotify or Google Podcasts or Pocket Casts or Anchor. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash world. Follow us on Instagram at MarkandDanMeetsWorld. And for Mark, I'm Dan. Have a good night. Do good. When this-
Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan.